then please open our Bibles to the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter number 20, and uh, you please follow me as I'll be reading verses 1 through 15. Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 through 15. For the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is an householder, which went out early in the morning to hire laborers into his vineyard. And when he had agreed with the laborers for a penny a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace and said unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right I will give you. And they went their way. Again, he went out about the sixth and ninth hour and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour, he went out and found others standing idle and said unto them, Why stand ye here all day idle? And they said unto him, Because no man had hired us. He said unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right, that shall ye receive. So when even was come, the Lord of the vineyard said unto the steward, to his steward, Call the laborers, and give them their hire, beginning from the last unto the first. And when they came that were hired about the eleventh hour, they received every man a penny. But when the first came, they supposed that they should have received more, and they likewise received every man a penny. And when they had received it, they murmured against the good men of the house, saying, This last have wrought but one hour, and thou hast made them equal unto us, which have borne the burden and heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I do thee no wrong. Didst not thou agree with me for a penny? Take that thine is, and go thy way. I will give unto this last, even as unto thee. Verse 15, Is it not lawful for me to do what I will with mine own? Is thine heart, is thine eye evil because I am good? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this week. How blessed with this, your church family here in New York City. Thank you for Pastor Montoro and his leadership. I thank you, Lord, for thy word. I pray that one more time, please help me and use me. Thank you for those that prayed for me as I asked them to pray for me as I preached. And thank you for using my wife as well with the ladies. I ask that, Lord, tonight's message would help us to understand that you are looking for people who will labor with you. And I pray that you help us to realize that, Father, what a privilege to serve alongside you. And one day we'll stand before you and our desires to hear you say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. In the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ, we ask all these things. Amen. Thank you very much. You may be seated. While the Apostle Paul was in prison in Rome, he sent a letter to one of the churches that he has started, which is the church at Philippi. In that letter, he mentioned a name of a young man that he led to the Lord by the name of Timothy. If you turn your Bibles to Philippians very quickly, just for introduction tonight. In Philippians chapter number 2, in verse number 19, the Apostle Paul writes to, Timothy, uh, to this church about Timothy. But I trust in the Lord to send Timothy shortly unto you, 
that I also may be of good comfort when I know your state. In verse number 20, he said that uh, I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. And then in verse number 21, he contrasted him with uh, those who, again, uh, serving the Lord, not to the things of the Lord Jesus Christ. For all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ. Now, tonight, I want to each one of us to ask ourselves this question. Do I really want to be used of God, or do I just want to use God to accomplish my own purpose? That's a good question, isn't it? Am I serving God because I want God to use me? Or am I using God to accomplish my agenda? Well, it is sad indeed. A situation is very sad indeed when people just, just want to use God for their own selfish purpose. Rather than desiring to be used of God, to do what God wants them to do, or be what God wants them to be, or go wherever God wants them to go. Again, if you're not careful, if I'm not careful, we will try to manipulate God to do what we want it done, rather than trying to get ourselves in a position where God can use you and me for His glory. Again, I'm glad, again, for Pastor Montoro and his wife. They surrendered to the will of God to come here in this city and started Open Door Bible Baptist Church to do God's will for God's glory. And as a result, some of you came to know the Lord Jesus Christ in this church by hearing the gospel here. Some of your family, some of you, your children came to know the Lord Jesus Christ. And now some of you have been used of God in this church as a result of their willingness to be what God wants them to be and go where God wants them to go. And by the way, if you wanted to be used of God, God is looking for you. The Bible said... In Second Chronicles 16:9, for the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of them whose heart is perfect towards him. God is seeking and looking for someone who would be willing to be available to be used of God. Again, that the whole world would know about the Lord Jesus Christ and bring glory and honor to his name. If you're a young person today, you're probably wondering what would God uh, will for my life. God wants to use you. And I was just talking to some boys and they're saying, maybe I could join the Marine or Army or something like that. They're just boys. But you know, I did say this to our men. We have young men now. Their dads were in the military, retired. Now they are serving the military themselves. I told them that if God led you to go to the military, I want you to know that the military is a mission field. There's a lot of young men, just like me, who don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. But if your life is right and you have the opportunity, as I shared, I think, before, they are captive audience. They can jump ship, you know. Uh, you could tell them about the Lord Jesus Christ. But the most important thing I began to learn is that not only your, your word or the, the, your witness, but your life should match that witness. And, uh, and like what I said, I am so thankful for some of our men who come back and they already have uh, someone have uh, received the Lord as their Savior based on their testimony. God wants to use you. Do you have a place in your heart to serve God? 
You know, God is looking for ordinary people. I told you, Pastor Nal told me, if God can use a null, means zero. He can use anybody. And I know that's true. Because I'm a nobody and it's ordinary. I told you about my life, open to you, what, <laughs> who I am and so forth. But I am thankful. And I turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Verse 26 and 31. And I know it's just by the grace of God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26 and 31, the Apostle Paul, and this church have problems too, you know. And they have a lot of gifts and stuff, but they are quarreling. They are, oh, I want Paul. I want this. I want that. And, well, Paul writes to them in 1 Corinthians 1, verse 26, For you see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh... Not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen. Yea, things which are not to bring to naught those things that are. That no flesh should glory in his presence. But of him are ye in Christ who is of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption, that according as it is written, He that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Do you want to be used of God? God wants to use you and looking for you. Here, a chapter before what the, of our text tonight, in chapter number 19 of Matthew, in verse number 16, that we have a young man that... Uh, well, a rich young ruler, the Bible said, who needs to uh, find out how, what to do in order to have everlasting life. In verse number 21, Matthew 19, the Bible said, Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, and go and, and sell thou, uh, that thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. Verse 22, when the young man heard of that, say, uh, that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, Verily I say unto you, that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. You know, the rich man thought, well, it's what I do, that thou will earn me my way to heaven. But the problem is he didn't realize that uh, he has a sin, and that sin is greed. He cannot let go, and the Lord said, follow me. He cannot let go of his riches. And he, because he was not accepting that fact and not willing again to, lead, uh, to follow the Lord, depending upon his work still, you know, he left with, with sadness and he was not able to settle that desire and concern in his heart what he must do to inherit eternal life. Jesus is just saying, you know, just realize you're lost. Realize that I love you and... I'm going to die for you and just trust me as your Savior. In Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, it's very clear to me. For by grace are we saved through faith, not of ourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Now, if you look at verse number 27, the Bible said, Then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all and followed thee. What shall we have therefore? In other words... Paul, uh, Peter is asking, what is it in for me following you, Lord? Well, notice the Lord's answer in verse 28 and 29. And Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, 
that ye which have followed me in the regeneration when the Son of Man shall sit in the throne of his glory, ye shall also sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Verse 29. And every one that hath forsaken houses, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my name's sake, shall receive a hundredfold, and shall inherit everlasting life. God is telling, the Lord Jesus Christ is telling Peter, you don't have to worry what you could get in serving me. Just be concerned of what you can give me. I will take care of you. So, the first thing that I notice here is that if you really want to be serving God and be used of God, don't worry about what you could get. Just be concerned about what you could give to Him. Uh, again, when Pastor Montoro came here, he didn't come here to get, but he came here to give the gospel. He's not too concerned. I'm pretty sure, uh, you know, he was hoping more people would support him. I, I understand Cleveland Baptist Church did support him and maybe some other churches. But he's not here uh, to make money, but he's here to obey God's call. And I'm glad for his wife and the children who, uh, who followed his leadership. Praise God. God is true to his promises. God took care of their need. And now helping others, as I, I heard uh, tonight again, that that pastor already is uh, uh, able to, the church, take care of himself. And he said, you can drop me now. God took care of our need as well. Hmm. Think about so many things that God promised to each one of us who trusted the Lord. I... I am so thankful that he promised me his presence. Isaiah 4:1 said, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. How many times we have to go to the word of God to just assure ourselves that God did promise that he's not going to leave me nor forsake me. I'm so thankful for that. How about his provision? God did promise, as you follow me and you serve me, I will supply all your need according to the riches of glory, my riches in glory by Christ Jesus. How about protection? Pastor now told me this when I surrendered my life to preach. He said, there will be people that will be not appreciating you. They're talk, going to talk against your back. And they're going to, you know, after you've reached them and served them and, and did the best you can, uh, and then they'll just, just leave you. You know what, what this, this promise that he said to me? Don't forget this verse. Isaiah 54, verse 17. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. I'm so glad I have the word of God. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, and thou mayest observe to do according to all that's written therein. Then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Joshua 1.8. And then his spirit, he said, Now you have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that you might know the things that are freely given to us by God. How about his strength? I can do all things. Through Jesus Christ was strengthened me. About his faithfulness. I'm so thankful for God's faithfulness. It's the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Because his compassion fail not there new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. About his peace. Isaiah 26, 3. Thou shalt keep him in perfect peace. Whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusted in thee. How about his power? You shall receive power. He said. How about his help? No temptation hath taken you. But that's as common to men. 
God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. He gave us the full armor of God. He will work all things together for good to them that love God. And in fact, he told the apostles, you will rule and reign with me for a thousand years. What a difference does it make what we go through for a few years here. We are going to one day rule and reign with our Savior Jesus Christ. By the way, I'm learning that whatever you leave, whatever you forsake, whatever you give up, the Lord promised He would take care of you a hundredfold. He will repay it. God will give you something a whole lot better than whatever you are giving up. Again, I have shared with you, God gave us an open door to serve with Him. We could have decided, my wife could have encouraged, discouraged me to do that and instead retire in the military. I told you, you know, my desire before, after uh, meeting uh, Fred Null and thinking about the Philippines in the 70s, not too many uh, churches there especially in my, my province, Zambales, uh, reaching uh, people with the gospel. My desire was to get out after my enlistment and then go to Bible college and then, of course, uh, go back as a missionary in the Philippines. And I remember making a decision, you know, in the Navy, uh, when your time is almost up and you're getting ready to re-enlist, you, you have to make a decision, a choice. And I uh, need to talk to the person that is giving orders and so yeah, you fill up a request and so forth. So that, that is coming. And so I told my wife, let's pray for the Lord's will. And we prayed and, you know, you've been there. You don't know what to make a decision. But your heart wants this. Your flesh wants this. And, but we prayed and then uh, 2 o'clock in the morning, I think, after we've been praying and asking God to help us. You know, when God speaks, He's speaking in so small voice. And the Lord seems to say to me, I already have called you. I already have told you what I, I want you to do. It's really you that's going to make a decision. Don't ask me what you want to do. You have to make a choice. And when I heard that from the Lord, now not, not, not loud voice, but in your heart, you could hear that. I told my wife, I think we have the answer. We just have to obey God. And we did, and that's 31 years ago. And I told you before, he's faithful, and I know the word of God is true. Oh, there are people that discourage me. My own parents discourage me. In fact, they said, well, you, I hope you're going to petition us there so that your brothers and sisters could come to the States and so forth. That was a hard decision, but I told them. If they would able to come to America, it's not because of me. It's because God did desire for them to be there. And I was misunderstood, even with my dad. There were young Christians then, but I did. I told them, I'm going to obey God. My command master chief thought, told me, look at this, he said. Because in those days, you know, to get you to read this is very hard. They were always undermanned. Especially in the engineering department. And so, uh, Master Chief have a, have a sheet that he showed me. This is what you're getting in the Navy. Uh, you know, housing and all that. What are you going to get when you leave? And uh, become a pastor? <laughs> Not much. He said, uh, look at that. Well, again, I'm thankful again. My wife encouraged me and said, let's obey God. 
Because it's influence. Wife has influence. Believe it or not. And sometimes I notice that even in the church, it's really not the men that are having problems. It's the wife sometimes. They don't get along. Sorry, ladies, but that's true. They don't get along with one lady and they tell the husband, I don't want it here, here anymore. Oh, good night, ladies. You can be a good influence to your husband. Yeah. And I'm glad my wife influenced me and she said, let's do God. I'm not going to blame you. It's not going to work. You know, I told you I wanted to go to Bible college and here I am. And pastor said, I'm glad you don't know anything. I can teach you. And we have an institute. But, but praise the Lord, you know, uh, uh, he made me understand that uh, you're better off here and you could help more pastors in the Philippines than going there. That's what he did say to me too. And so we, we obeyed God and we hear the counsel of our pastor. And by the way, if you have some need like that, yes, come to the Lord. You, you speak to him and you have, you have a pastor. Ask him. Uh, get some counsel. And again, I thank God for my children, you know. I have to admit that sometimes they didn't understand, you know, uh, why uh, most of our folks are in the military, why the other kids could go to the base and they could do this and have this, and why can't they have it? It's very difficult. You know, one of the hardest things that I found out is if you cannot give what your children need, that is very difficult. Especially when, well, this is the truth. My wife, for many years, have to wear uh, hand-me-down clothes from some ladies in our church. I have my daughter. I remember somebody gave her some dress that's outgrown by her daughter. And my daughter was happy to wear it for Sunday school. And then the daughter said, what are you doing with my dress? That is tough. That is very difficult. I have a son that says, Dad, how come I always wear a hand-me-down pants? When are you going to buy me a new one? One of the hardest things is when you cannot give what your children desire. Why can't I have my own room? Look at that. My friend has this own room. It's very difficult. You know, God is faithful. And I'm telling you, God keeps His promise. I thank God. You know, they're grown up now. If I remind my daughter about that situation, she said, I don't remember. That's what she told me. But I know she remembers. Again, it does not matter what you give up for the Lord. He's going to do and give you something better. Oh, I could have missed. My wife and I could have missed pastoring a wonderful church there in Bible Baptist Church in San Diego area. Been there for 31 years by the grace of God. If we did not obey God and and said, Lord, we are available to be used of you. So don't be concerned of what you could get from God. Just be concerned of what you could give Him. Second thing is that don't demand a contract from God. Go to Matthew 20, verses 1 and 2 again. The Bible said in our text, For the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is a householder, which went out early in the morning to hire laborers into his vineyard. And when he had agreed with the laborers for a penny a day, he sent them into his vineyard. Now here's a parable that the Lord gave. It's a householder who has a big job to be done. 
And so he got up very early in the morning to find laborers. And, you know, he went to this place where laborers usually hang out. And I don't know here in New York, but in San Diego, usually by Home Depot or, or Lowe's, you know, I don't know if you have them here. There are some people that's hanging out there in case you need someone. You know, you buy materials and usually you get extend the extension or do some painting or something in your home. And they're there and they say, can you hire us? And, well, there are people that's hanging out there, idle, waiting for someone to hire them. And that's where the Lord went. And the first group that he approached, he sa- they said to him, Well, we will work for you if you'll pay us a penny a day. That's the contract that they made. Well, the Lord of the, uh, the, of the vineyard here uh, agreed, the householder here agreed. And, and so they came and worked. You know, sometimes... If we are not careful, we say to God, I will serve you if you'll do this for me. Listen. He will take care of you. You don't have to say, I need a contract. No. But these people ask for a contract and so the Lord give them one and it's a penny a day. By the way, Psalms 84. Turn your Bibles there, please. The Bible said in Psalms 84, the psalmist wrote, For the Lord God... Sorry, I'm, I'm so quick sometimes. That's what my wife tells me. Psalms 84, verse 11. The Bible said, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. Notice what it said. No good thing will He withhold. From them that walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusted in thee. No good thing will he withhold to them that walk uprightly. What a beautiful promise. In fact, another part of the Bible said, uh, Been young, now I'm old, I have not seen the Lord, you know, forsaken me, or something like that. Well, in verse number 3, the Bible said, and he went, Matthew 23, and he went out about the a third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace. Well, it's now about nine o'clock. It was there six o'clock very early, now nine o'clock. And he went back, need more laborers. But there are still people standing idle in that marketplace. And so uh, he offered them and asked them first, uh, why are you standing idle here? And by the way, God does not want us to stand idle. He wants us to get to occupy and get busy. So, uh, uh, so they, uh, he told them when they say, "Well, no one has hired us." Verse number four: Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right, I will give you. Now, notice this phrase: "Whatsoever is right, I will give you." God's still looking for someone to serve Him, and His promise was, "You don't have to make a contract. Whatever is right, I am going." To give you. Did you notice that they didn't say give us a penny? No. They're just happy that they were able to be offered a job. You know, opportunity here is to serve the Lord. And if there's a need, take the lead. You know, I mean, just just available. Be available. And I, I, I was thinking today, what a blessing for you to come every night and for this. And I know it's not easy to find parking here. It's not like San Diego that you... Have a parking at the back of the church. And I mean, good night. It's millions of dollars for a parking spot, I guess. I was talking with uh, uh, 
with is it Philip? Yeah, and we, we he, he took you know he took us out for a walk, and I said, "Is there's no carport or something?" Well, he said, "Some once in a while," and he pointed me. You see that there's a little alley there, and they have a little. But he said, "You know, it's not everything. You can even park there. It doesn't you know us?" I said, "Wow." But you know, I I I think my wife asked Pastor, "Where did your folks uh, find parking?" They have to find parking. That's a blessing to me. Being here every service. I, I talked to Brother Alvin. I hope you don't mind me sharing this. But he said, you know, I used to be a manager and I used to work this and that. But, you know, I gave that up so I could be here on the weekend to serve. Oh, that's a blessing. To me, that, that, that's, that blesses my heart. And he was here. And, and I know, have no doubt the same thing to many of you. And thank you again for being here tonight. There's no contract. They just simply went by faith. They're just happy. They have a place to serve God. You know, one of the unsung heroes in our church sometimes is the, are the people in the nursery. You don't see them work. The ushers, you could see them and all that, the choir. But, you know, in our church we have a bus ministry. We do pick up kids. But, you know, they are unsung heroes too. And... Uh, God knows that. But be glad there's a place for service. And that's what the, I believe that the Lord... Then He came back again at, at uh, around noon. Uh, that, and then 3 p.m. And uh, more workers needed. But they too did not ask a contract. Just, just went there and happy that uh, they are able to work. And then at 11th hour, about 5 o'clock, one more hour to work. Again, He went back. And he still found people being idle. Verse 6, notice it says, And about the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing idle and said to them, Why stand you here all day idle? Again, he does not like people not doing anything. But he said, you know, oh, no one hired us. And, and so God said, I want you to go and work in the vineyard. One hour to go. And he's still looking for someone. And I talk about the jealous saints a lot because I am a part of them now. But hey, even jealous saints still could serve the Lord. And then verse number 7, go, he told them, into the vineyard. Whatsoever is right. I like that. I underline that in my Bible. Whatsoever is right, you shall receive. It's always a place to find work. It's always the right time to share the gospel. Always... Again, right time to surrender, be available for, to be used to God. All we need is His promise. Whatsoever is right, He will give it to us. By the way, I said this before, aren't we thankful to God that He does not give us everything we want? <laughs> and a lot of times we could get in, in a lot of trouble if God gave us everything that we ask Him to give us. You see, He knows our need. We don't have to worry about that. And he does give what is best for us. Whatsoever is right, I will give you. And sometimes we expect something and we want it right now. Well, no. His ways are higher than ours. His thoughts are better than our thoughts. His timing are a lot better than our timing. And just just live it up to God. I... I think I shared, I'm not sure if I shared this with you. The Lord is blessing our church, you know. Uh, uh, you have a miracle here, we have a miracle there too. Pastor saw the place. 
and that we started as a uh, as a mission work. You know, we have a sending church, and they they the pastor said he wanted to reach Filipinos, but they don't stay, and he has been burdened about reaching. There's, I told you, uh, seventy thousand, hundred thousand Filipinos there, and he burdened, he was burdened to to reach us, and and so. He's been praying, and then, of course, the missionary came, and they worked together, and they gave us a Sunday school room to meet uh, the, the missionary so we could start a Bible study and teach and so forth like that. And that became a church, and we, we joined when there were a mission, uh, and then we became a church, and we became independent as a church. And, and we grew, and they grew, and they have, oh, around 400 people, and the parking is limited, and so the people in that church began to wonder about us. But I'm glad for a pastor who supported us. And, and then when, he, when really, really we, we have problem with parking and we start a little earlier and we're kind of noisy, I guess. And, and so he said to me, pray that God will provide you a place. Well, God did. He moved us to Chula Vista uh, to a building there. And all, the only condition was they, they are dying church. And the only condition was to... to carry over their, their what balance on that property and pay the pastor's salary. They have not been able to pay him for several months. And so, uh, again, in other words, it's just a miracle. And we, we, we merged with the church, and God gave us that building, and God continued to bless it. I mean, we ended up in double service. And, and uh, anyway, we grew again, and we started praying for a place, for property. We asked, to how, what can we do to to increase our attendance, so forth like that. But you know what? The, bas- the pastor, Pastor Henson is his name, he's retired now. We invited him to a stewardship banquet where we show the need and the missionary, and, and he's in heaven already by that time, and that we are praying for a place. And In fact, we are hoping to buy a property in Rio, Rio uh, uh, street there, National City, and somebody else outbidded us, and so we're kind of disappointed. But he said, "You know what? The Lord spoke to me after I watched your video and your presentation, and why can't we do this?" He said, "I talked to the men. You guys are growing, and we are not. Why won't us move to your place, and you move to our place?" And since the difference of the property is $1 million, I want us to, you to give us a million dollars and we will renovate that property and you could stay here. Now, to me, my thinking was how generous this church is. I mean, it's just like staying in a two-bedroom condo and they have a four-bedroom house and they say, well, switch. We go to your two-bedroom condo and you move to our four-bedroom house. Now, that's a miracle. Of course, I'm not going to pray that God will remove them in that building, but, we, but God did open the door. That's why it's a miracle for us. And, of course, we owe a, a million dollars by that time. And uh, yet, the Lord allowed us, we, 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 actually, we invested in a four-acre property, and, and we are hoping that we could build there. But we didn't know much, you know, that that's a floodplain property. In other words, we spent a lot of money just to fill it up before we could build it. Uh, and then the county took two acres of that, and God didn't work it out. But we're able to sell that money, put the down payment. And, and then on, when we moved back, because we have a Christian school, the city required us to put a wall around our city. We're just like a penitentiary, you know, we're all surrounded with walls. It's not our fault, but that's the neighbor required. They said, your kids are noisy, and so forth like that. But you know, to make the long story short, not only were able to pay that million dollar loan, 
275,000 wall. But you know, we were able to come to a point when we were able to burn our mortgage. And, and yet, God continued to bless us. And so, uh, we decided to pray a multi-purpose building. Uh, the Lord led us. We don't have a big fellowship hall. We don't have a, uh, you know, when we have weddings and stuff, there's, there's not enough room for people to have weddings. So, we have this thing. And what I'm just trying to say is, even though God closed that property we wanted in real uh, property, God gave us a better deal. And that is moving to a place that's already been ready. And, oh, I, I can ex- explain to you, and that is God's timing. We just have to trust Him and wait upon Him. And I am so thankful. Uh, so let's not demand a contract from God. Whatsoever is right, He said, He will give it. To us. The third thing I want us to notice in this is that don't assume that anyone owes you something. Matthew chapter 20, verse 8 and 9. So when even was come, the Lord of the vineyard said unto his steward, Call you the laborers and give them their hire, beginning from the last unto the first. And when they came that were hired about eleventh hour, they received every man a penny. When it's time to receive their pay, uh, again, penny is a day's work. And so they receive everyone. Oh, the first couple that work an hour receive a penny. And so those that work for 12 hours, I could just, you could just imagine too, that they're thinking if one hour work is worth one penny, well then that means at least we get 12 penny because we work 12 hours. But notice verse 10. But when the first came, they supposed. I, I encircle that word because that's our, uh, our fault sometimes. They supposed that they should have received more. And they likewise received every man a penny. Now, isn't that sad that we live in a generation that believes that everybody owes them something. My parents owe me something. Could you imagine some teenagers expecting their dad to give them iPhone 7 and poor dad still just having iPhone 5 or something like that? Isn't that sad that a teenager wants to drive a brand new Civic uh, Honda and their dad is driving an old beat up car? Well, my parents owe me this. I graduated from high school and they owe me this. Oh, good night. But you know, sadly, there are some believers and even members of churches that will say, my pastor owed me this. My church owed me this. Everybody owes me something. After all, I did this, I did that, I have this position. And when you begin to think like that, you're putting yourself in a position of terrible fall. When you begin to suppose... By the way, if you don't assume that they owe you something, if they give you something, you would be very happy about it. Isn't that true? (laughs) If you don't expect it and then somebody gave it to you, boy, what a blessing that is. But when you begin to assume things, that you deserve something, and that recognition or appreciation, and you didn't get it, You'll be disappointed and discouraged, get bitter. And sometimes, if you're not careful, that's why people, I think sometimes, they just quit. They just go somewhere else. Because they didn't get the recognition that they feel that they deserve. Well, 
Remember what the Lord said. Whatsoever is right, I will give it to you. I remembered after 25 years of serving our church. We did not know it, but we didn't expect anything. But they called us up in the stage and they handed me and my wife an envelope. Well, you know, usually they hand us an envelope sometimes for birthday gift, whatever it is. But, but I, was, I was told that the, 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 the one that I, one of our deacons said, Pastor, thank you for serving us for all these years. Uh, we decided as a church to send you and your wife to a seven-day Hawaiian cruise. I said, what? What? Yes, sir. It's all paid for. All you have to do is a little budget to bring souvenirs for us. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but you know, what a joy. I did not expect that. Could you imagine if I said to my wife, I think they're going to give us a seven-day Hawaiian cruise, and they didn't do nothing? I'll be disappointed. Well, because we didn't expect anything when they gave that. What a joy. And by the way, they included my daughter and my son too in that deal, because by that time our daughter is getting married, and they gave us opportunity to... to uh, Bond together before somebody else take her away from us. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then when we had our 30 years, I think they sent us to the promised land. I mean promised land. Uh, Israel. <laughs> they did. What a joy. Now I've been asking, and I hope you pray about, about that with your pastor. He's been here, what, 25 years preaching? 24. Well, he's approaching. Now, it will spoil it, but I hope that you'll do something for Pastor Mrs. Montoro. If he has never been to Israel, that is a wonderful place to tour and walk where Jesus walked. And I tell you, he's a good preacher. I've heard him preach a couple times uh, in the fellowship meetings. And some, you know, I, I hope that you would do something to, to him and his wife. And hopefully they will be surprised. You know what I mean? Well, anyway, these people that are workers are laborers, not bosses. Did you notice that? The sad thing about sometimes in the ministry is, there's a person that you led to the Lord, they begin to grow, and then they, later on they come to think that they're no better than the pastor. That is very sad. That's ungrateful to me. When they think they know better than you. And sometimes people come and ask you counsel and they want you to agree what they want to be done. No, I told them I'd rather please God than you. And sadly they leave. And then they say things about me. But I remember God said, I'm going to take care of you. By the way, when God is using us, we are just servants. That's what we are. We are laborers. And did you know that Paul said, I'm a bond servant of Jesus Christ? This guy, and by the way, not many, he said, but he is a man that is well-educated and, you know, doctor of the law and my understanding. He could have been the next high priest and he's so, uh, so much that he have. But you know what? He said, I'm a bond servant of Jesus Christ. Sometimes if you're not careful, we get promoted and we become a Sunday school superintendent or a deacon and we think again, you know, I know better than you now. Oh, God forbid. We have no right as a bond servant. And by the way, our recognition is not here. Pastor Now 
the missionary started our church used to tell me, my record is up on high. You know, even missionaries sometimes, they, they have disagreements. And one thing that he does not like, he told me, is when he do his best to train workers, teach them to play accordion, and then try to teach them that they can be self-supporting by just meagerly supporting so they would soul win and they would teach their people to give. He said, one of the saddest things for me is when another missionary will offer double the price of what I were trying to support this man so they could work for them. He said, that's not fair. But you know what he said? My record is up on high. I know what I have done by the grace of God. So, you know, really our job when it's all done is to say, praise the Lord. And we give glory to the one who have hired us. And did you know that the Lord has, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many? Again, I'm thankful for Pastor now, but I watch him. Uh, he's a crippled man. He's very scary sometimes when you, he drives with the left, left hand and just like this. Because he is crippled, you know, half dead. But he went visitation. In fact, he said, I want you to go up there, second, second story apartment, and make sure somebody's there before I climb up there. Because it's very hard to climb when you are half dead up the stairs. So I go and... And so, and then he comes back, and then I accompany him to go to, just to visit. But you know, he's a servant. I've watched the pastor and his family, they're serving here. And, you know, I'm glad for positions sometimes, but sometimes people get, give them a position, and then they forget that they're there to serve. The Lord Jesus Christ, He is Lord. And yet the night before he was betrayed and went to the cross, you know what he did? The disciples are waiting for someone to wash their feet. But you know, when nobody did, guess what? He girded himself with a towel and took a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet. In fact, if you turn your Bibles to John, in verse number, chapter 13, verse number 13, the Bible said, Ye call, again, let me wait for you. It's not fair. John 13, verse 13. The Bible said, You shall call, uh, you call me Master and Lord, and you say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Verily I say unto you, The servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent Greater than he that sent him. Verse 17 says, If you know these things, happy are you when you do them. It's not a burden. You can have the joy because you have the privilege again to serve. Last thing, don't complain what the Lord does for other people. Verse 11 and 12 in Matthew 20. And when they had received it, they murmured against the good men of the house, saying, This last have wrought but one hour, and thou hast made them equal to us, which have borne the burden and heat of the day. Think about that. Not only they supposed, but they also murmured. The word murmur, you know. Wow. They are complaining. 
12 hours, heat of the day. But you know what the Lord told them? Did you not agree for a penny a day? In other words, the Lord is saying, you made a contract with me, did you not? You told me and asked me if you, I pay you uh, one penny a day for working for 12 hours, you will be happy about it. Why are you complaining now? Verse 13, But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I do thee no wrong. Didst thou not agree with me for a penny? Verse number 14, Take that thine is and go thy way. I will give unto the last, even as unto thee. Is it not lawful for me to do what I will with my own? Is thine eye evil because I am good? You know, sometimes we complain. Uh, we complain because we are not recognized. We complain because we didn't sing a special number. We complain because, oh, wow. The problem is sometimes, again, we took off our eyes. We took our eyes off the Lord and began to think. Hmm. Yes, there are some times that God blesses people that you don't even agree with. <laughs> you think that no, they don't deserve that. Well... Again, whatsoever is right, I'll give you. I mean, God knows exactly what you need. How about me? Well, wait in your time. Just keep sowing, keep serving. You know that God is a good God. And by the way, don't worry about it. His supply is inexhaustible. Isn't that so? He has his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Well, you know when the Lord saw... Again, those multitude. He said to the disciples, Pray therefore the Lord the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Again, he is looking for people who is willing to serve the Lord. Not to get an accolade or... No, he is willing for people who is willing to just follow and serve the Lord. People need the Lord. We sing that song sometimes. But sometimes we don't understand. I mean, think about it again. Going to those subway with Brother Andrew. So many people. But he said it's not even rush hour, Pastor. In fact, when we saw Sister Pam in that pe- uh, ferry, not ferry, ferry. He, they, he told me, Pastor, this is five times more people. I said, what in the world? Wow. But I, there's a need. Workers, every city in our country, every country in this world needed someone to be willing to be used of God. The harvest is rich, but the laborers are few. Are you looking for a job? God is looking for laborers. Don't be idle, he said. I don't care how, if you only have one hour left, I'll use you. Again, thank you, Pastor Montoro, Mrs. Montoro, for being available to come to this city. Brother Newberger is coming to this city as well. May God continue to use you as a church family. And if you're here tonight, God is calling you. He's looking for you to serve Him. The mission field or around the city, or even San Diego. We need churches in San Diego as well. So please, 
Of course, you know, if you go to Bible college and prepare yourself, and uh, again, God gave you a pastor. He's the one going to give you some counsel. If you're not saved tonight, salvation is, is not by works. It's a free gift of God to Jesus Christ and his shed blood on the cross that will redeem you from your sin. If you're saved, the Bible said we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. So tonight, do you want to be used of God? Or you just wanted to use God for your advantage? If you want to be used of God for His glory, He's looking for you. Remember, if you want to be used of God, don't be concerned of what you could get, but be concerned only about what you could give Him. Let's not demand a contract from God, for He promised whatsoever is right, He will give it to us. He's a good God. Number three, don't assume that anyone owes you anything. It's only by the grace of God. And don't complain what the Lord does for others. I pray tonight that you'll say, please use me, Lord. One of the songs I learned from that missionary is that song, Jesus, Use Me. I like to end up and I try to sing. Sometimes I'm out of tune, but you, you just be, be gracious to me. Dear Lord, I'll be a witness if you will help my weakness. I know that I'm not worthy, Lord, of Thee. By eyes of faith I see Thee upon the cross of Calvary. Dear Lord, I cry, let me Thy servant be. Jesus, use me, and, O Lord, don't refuse me. For surely there's a work that I can do. And even though it's humble, help my will to crumble. Though the cost be great, I'll work for you. I'll stand for thee, dear Jesus, though death may come my way. I'll spread the gospel to the fallen here. But if it be thy will, Lord, to go across the sea, Lord, help me to be willing to say yes. Jesus, use me, and, O oh Lord, don't refuse me, for surely there's a work that I can do. And even though it's humble, help my will to crumble. Though the cost be great, I'll work for you. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the privilege to co-labor with you. Thank you again, not only that you saved us by your grace. By your grace, you can use us. Help us to be willing. Help us to be available. Help us to be teachable. Again, I pray for this church family. Lord, help them to continue to be humble enough to realize what a blessing it is to have a church family here in this needy city. And may you join them together in love as they endeavor to reach their city for Jesus Christ. Thank you again for what you will do in our lives. We will be careful to give you the praise, all the praise, all the glory. 
for you alone are worthy. In the name of our Savior Jesus Christ, we ask all these things. Amen.